Are you thinking of buying or selling your home? Downsizing? Upsizing? Investing? Are you relocating? Do you want to know your local market conditions? Are you behind on payments? Are you looking for improvement tips? Well, what if your home didn't sell? This is Real Estate with Ryan, your hometown expert and trusted source for the most up-to-date information. And now your host, Ryan Coleman with Hometown Realty. Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you're doing well, and thank you for joining us to Real Estate with Ryan. I'm Ryan Coleman, if you don't know, along with my lovely co-host, April Coleman. Hello, everyone. How are you guys doing on a Saturday? Beautiful summer day. Joining us on News Talk 98.7. That's right. So what are we chatting about today, April? Well, today we're just going to be talking about um, commercial real estate, kind of investing in commercial commercial real estate, how it works. I know um, when I first... Before I started getting into real estate, I really didn't know that much about commercial, like what is commercial real estate? You just maybe think about restaurants and stuff like that. But what are the benefits? I didn't really think that there were any benefits to it. But um, so we're just going to, you know, just kind of briefly and broadly cover um, some of the commercial real estate terms and what you should know about it. Let's go into some real estate news, guys, as obviously the market is upon us. Um, This week, the Fed, I think just yesterday, actually, uh, long-term U.S. mortgage rates jumped this week after two weeks of straight declines, reaching their second highest level this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, mortgage buyer Freddie Mac said Thursday the average rate was a 30-year fixed rate, uh-huh. uh, went to 4.62, which is up from 4.54 last yeah. week. The average 30-year is 3.91 as a year ago. Oh, wow. And then the 15-year, of course, is um, up to 4.07. Previously, 4.01 as last week. So a little bit less. Okay, so it's creeping up a little bit. Well, you're seeing aggressive. I think the Fed, I didn't get a chance to review everything he said yesterday, but the overall economy, uh, job growth, movement, demand in the housing industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not seeing those the rates really take a hit yet. Mm-hmm. I think there will be a certain point where the rates will take a hit. And there's a certain people that I think now what we're seeing part of the boom and where we're going movement is, you know, buyers that are on the sidelines for a while that have been out there and experienced whether they should buy now, sell now or purchase uh, or combination of just do nothing. You know, don't even get into the place with the rates being as aggressive as we've seen in a while. People are kind of getting off the sidelines. People are, if I'm going to purchase, I better do it this year. Mm. And so what we're seeing is a lot of people kind of coming to the market. Inventory's down. Opportunity, obviously, if it's priced right, moves right, uh, those buyers are taking advantage quickly. So I do have a question just about interest rates, just something to kind of think about. So the feds, what makes them determine whether they want to increase or decrease the rates? I mean, are they just thinking – hey, the economy is slow, not as many people have a job, so we want to kind of give them an incentive to kind of help the economy by lowering the interest rate, and so therefore that will help people um, buy houses, or are they, and then they increase them by the economy's booming. Is that kind of how they determine it? Do you know? April, you got all kinds of good questions today. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's really a, an exact answer for that. They call them the expert, quote, experts, but I think it's overall – um, job stability, mm-hmm. healthy environment of the economy. And there's several phases that they're looking at. Um, they're looking at unemployment. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big factor. You know, if you, if the unemployment's high and businesses are struggling and they're not hiring, you know, if you're not 
spending money and not hiring, people are not going to spend. That's true. And if you're not going to spend consumer spending, they're going to look at housing, um, and that trickles kind of all down the line. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, job, you know, job numbers are strong now, and so I think that's what you see versus the last couple of years where we were at is is that advantage of unemployment's at record lows. So the more people can afford it, so they go ahead and. And purchase, but then I think, you know, you also look at the stock market, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big Mm -hmm. part of... Is it just kind of more of them to make money? What do you mean? I mean, like if they increase the interest rate, then they get more incentive to overall make money for banks and stuff. You know, the banks banks can make some money, yeah. That's what I'm saying, and then... But uh, it is gauge, you know, it's it's somewhat market, right? You Mm -hmm. know, you know, a seller and a buyer, it's what a buyer and seller are willing to pay. Uh, Kind of market sets the stage. You know, so if my house is worth three hundred, but the market's saying it's two seventy five, then that's where the market's at. So some of the interest rates, I think, has a gauge of what the market will bear. Gotcha. And over twenty years in the business, seeing watching the market, a lot of the news and economy um, kind of fuels that. I think you see certain types of uh, things in the real estate market that came in. I actually pulled an article that was a good, good lead in April. Um, Here we go. Five things that I think that maybe would affect the economy overall. Uh-huh. Um, you know, obviously the rates, the health of that is what we're talking about. But number two would be political uncertainty. Okay. You know, so if every every week we're talking about going to war or different things that are uncertain, mm-hmm. that creates some instability in the marketplace. And, gotcha. And especially if you're doing a job transfer or mm. maybe even moving out the country or things like that. Maybe you're... Your employer is is global. You'll more hold off. Yeah, yeah. So so just uncertainty there. Housing affordability. We just, last show we were talking about in Texas and California, how that Mm -hmm. market is just booming. Right. But it gets to a point where I think it kind of leads into our commercial real estate that they just can't afford it. Affordability factor is just not there. That's true because, you know, you could potentially be upside down in the future if you pay such a high price now for some of those properties and then... If they're just not worth it. And then when the market corrects, where you're right. at, you end up being upside down with a market that we came came out of. Mm-hmm. And then so you see the short sales, foreclosures come into the place, and then they start bringing prices down. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a domino effect. Yeah. Um, generational changes in demographics. Um, uh-huh. We talk about the baby boomers. Right. How many more baby boomers are in the marketplace? And then the uh, millennials, they're yep. starting to buy. Yep, and then they said the organization. Let's see, organization advised that the, for the first time in fifty years, there are four groups influencing both commercial and residential real estate. Hmm. You got the millennials, the baby boomers, Gen X, and Gen Y. In the middle of the millennial home ownership, says uh, Nathus says, um, hope I'm pronouncing your name right there. But has more, you know we are having more people under forty influencing real estate. The effect has not been fully felt yet. It's going to take some time. It's going to happen faster. That era actually happens faster. And then yeah. num- number five, e-commerce and logistics. Um, Interesting. That's kind of what we were talking about with the millennials. Like before they were renting or living in their parents' house. But mm-hmm. um, now parents, they're kind of... Parents' basement. Yeah, exactly. Now they're getting out there in the economy and, they're, and there's jobs and jobs for them. Because I think at one point in time it was really hard... Um, once you graduated college to find a job within, you know, your degree and to go out there. And um, so maybe that's what it is, is now that they're out of college, they're finding um, jobs and then they're able to afford to buy houses. But then on the other hand, they, you know, 
I heard something where they were saying millennials want to be more mobile and, mm-hmm. you know, don't want to be tied down. So it's kind of on the both ends that they want to rent so that they can just pick up and move whenever they want to. And that would tie into our commercial real estate. I mean, you know, that is the case now that, we, you know, people are having children a lot earlier than back in the days when our parents mm-hmm. were around. And so they're earlier, there's their need for more housing. And with that correction that we've had last time, you know, a lot of people, it scared the bejesus of them. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people moved out of the marketplace and renting was just a safe place to be. Mm-hmm. That's true. And so as more, as more mobile that you are and more transit, people are not purchasing as much. That's part of some of the shortage, not, not, not the only factor, uh-huh. but people are renting. Right. And I think that's where there's an advantage in the commercial real estate, um, more multifamily, which we'll talk about as well. Um, but there's several types of commercial real estate. There is. Mm-hmm. And what are some of those, April? Well, um, so you can just think of anything between office space, retail space, industrial. And then, of course, you said multifamily, even land, and then kind of everything else in between. And so for a commercial standpoint, you can look at it at, at two, two ways. Investment point of view, which is the, the potential to bring in the income, or the business point of view where you're just offering the office, retail, industrial, you know, there's medical, hospitality, any other commercial space um, that can be used for business. I know the commercial agents that specialize in that, they're seeing a big uptick in their their marketing and mm-hmm. their movement as well. So that's mm-hmm. it's been a big, huge. What's the difference if I was going to, you know, let's say maybe invest in a shopping center that's more retail? What's the risk that we may run to, to deal with the retail center versus maybe track a commercial land or maybe? Well, I think like with retail, there is um, more – People can just pick up and move like very easily, you know, and so maybe their business just goes complunk and then you don't have any notice and then there they go and they're out. And then, you know, even though you have long term leases um, comparative to residential, then, you know, that's kind of how it is with with retail. I've got some thoughts on that retail. We've got coming up on a hard break. But when we come back, we'll dive more into that topic. Fantastic. Thank Thank you, guys. Welcome back. This is Real Estate with Ryan, your hometown expert. Ryan talks all things real estate and gives you the most up-to-date information on the Knoxville market and surrounding counties. Ryan Coleman with Hometown Realty. Thank you guys for coming back with us on the break. We were talking about commercial real estate. Actually, we're talking a little bit about the news and what's going on in the market. Fed's changing the rates. And then we're talking about commercial industrial how that tied into, is that a better buy than multifamily? Is, you know, what if I'm going to invest in commercial real estate, what's my best move? What's my best buy? Mm-hmm. Or residential. Or residential, sure. It, whether, you know, multifamily, it's single door versus, you know, multiple doors in one unit. Right. 
So um, we were talking about, you know, anything from retail office spaces to, you know, the gas station to the restaurants, you know, whatever. It just kind of brings in income. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, do you invest in a shopping center, a office building, and then bring in the potential for income if those people, you know, rent your space? And so um, we what's some of the risk that. with uh, retail or shopping center? I, you know, yeah, that's what we were talking about. Was, I think some of well, one of the risks, do you want to get in that or you want me? Well, I think some of the risk that we were chatting with before we kind of did the show was, um, let's say it's retail space, big giant space. Uh-huh. Uh, let's say it's one of your big, big stores, clothing stores, and they've got the footprint of 40,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's designed for that business. Well, what happens when the economy changes? It's true. And that retailer space is, you know, we got some competing factors of Amazon and a lot of these people are going e-commerce or going there online. There is a lot. And so that challenge of it, you've seen those big stores go kaput. They're, they are. A lot of stores are going down. And the challenge with that retail space or that big 40,000 square feet, how many people can fit into that? Right. And what's the availability? So I think the biggest thing is retail or restaurant space. You see them mm-hmm. all over Knoxville where they come up and just a nice restaurant all of a sudden poof they're gone right exactly because it depends on that economy or that retailer Mm -hmm. more specifically that retailer that location and what they're producing their product right so the risk with that is yes you may sign them to a long-term lease and they may be guaranteed of course in commercial they may do five ten fifteen year leases but Mm -hmm. you know other than if the company goes underneath then there's not much to go get no and so that's why there's a little bit more risk and I think maybe multifamily is probably a little bit better investment. Yes. Yeah. You know, so if you're going to go invest in multifamily, what is the difference? I mean, multifamily, we're talking about the baby boomers and and the need for housing. A lot of people are not getting into the housing market right now, and so they want to rent. So Mm -hmm. I think it's something that's going to be around for years and years to come. I think it's one of the best solid investments you're going to make. Right. It's, you know, instead of having, you know, versus residential, we've got one house the challenge with that, and we, we own several one houses, when that turns over, you know, you've got to constantly find a new tenant. Exactly. And, you know, you gotta, you got to go with all the ad calls, all the screening tenants, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all the different things that come into play versus a 20-unit or 50-unit or 100-unit that those units, there's going to be a vacancy rate, but there's never going to be completely empty. Yeah. The exactly. thing about commercial real estate as far as multifamily is going to produce income. It's paying you every month right. on a consistent basis. It just depends on how much how much you bought it for, and then your cash flow, your expenses, and then you know what what's your cash flow going to be for the year. And, you know, with multifamily, so. you've got a lot of opportunities of people that are purchasing, you know, multifamily properties. Um, it's all money's made in the buy money's going to be made in the purchase. So do your homework. A lot of work oh, yeah, is definitely. done on the homework, you know, mm-hmm. seeing what other, other properties are producing. Yes, Unlike exactly. residential, I think it's very important that don't get caught into the sales price, you know, right. what you're paying for. Remember, this is income producing property and, um, what you're paying for it to a point may be irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, or maybe you do know, do you know, it's easier maybe to get multifamily financing than it would be for a single oh, door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought it would be the opposite. Actually, the truth is, once you go higher above a million dollars, it is actually easier. Wow. Doesn't make sense, right? No, it doesn't make sense. But Actually, you know, anything under a million, if you know anything about commercial real estate, it's uh, they have something called recourse and non-recourse. So uh-huh. the loans under a million dollars are usually recourse. Okay. 
meaning that if you don't pay the payments, they come after you and personally make you liable. Uh-huh. Anything over a million is usually non-recourse. Okay. And so in that marketplace, what that means is why would they make the bigger units non-recourse? And get their money back? Yeah, they don't get their money back. So it's I mean, you know, is it the, easier? The difference is um, once you start going five, ten, fifteen million dollars, how many people could really personally mm. afford that anyway? That's true. And so, really, in commercial real estate, it's always about the deal. Yeah, it's always about the property. The uh-huh. property is usually going to support that value or carry its weight on it. And so, I think that's where, believe it or not, that old saying "Go big or go home." Oh. So there's there's some statement with that in, in the multifamily. Wow. One thing I think that you want to understand if you're going to get into the multifamily, you got to understand something called a cap rate. Are you familiar with cap rate? Uh, you know, I'm sure I am, but well, explain it a little bit. But further. basically, cap rates. If you paid cash for the property, okay. it's going to give you a rate of return. Okay. You know what the banks are paying? They're they're in there in point zero zero one or point two. I mean, practically mm-hmm. nothing. Okay. And so it's a great investment, but the challenge, I think, when you're looking for multifamily, there's several things that you want to focus on, but more importantly is to make sure that you know your numbers. Mm-hmm. What the owner is going to give you and what it will produce is probably two different things. Oh. You know, never go off their profit and loss or projected rents. Okay. You know, if you're going to buy a multifamily, make sure you go into the property and have kind of like a worst case scenario. Yeah. You know, make sure that <clears throat> if do your homework. Yeah, do your homework, run your comps. Um, in the rental market, what's important is, let's say you've got a two bedroom, one bath, do your homework on the area, what they're going for, what's it mm. trending. Yeah. You may be buying below market. You know, the, the owner may be not up to date with the marketplace. Therefore, um, the rents may be coming at, let's say six fifty. Uh-huh. It's easily maybe 700, seven oh. and a quarter. Now so, that's like, yeah. So, you know, you know, there's more each unit. And that really adds up. That mm-hmm. gets a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I, I like multifamily. I think it's a great opportunity um, to manage in one place. That being said, if you're going to get a bigger unit risk and reward, you've got to right. go through those. Who's going to manage it? There's a lot of things oh, go into true. planning it. So are you going to manage it? Is it out of state? Those are some of the things you need to think about. Um, or you can have certain processes, repairs. Um, always do an inspection, even if it's a multifamily property. Mm-hmm. Right. So you go into that unit and you put down 20, 30%. Uh, first thing you want to do is make sure that you don't have to go in there and put a roof on or rechange all the electrical out or they've got some zoning codes. So they're just different things to think about like that. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, overall, I think if I had to compare to, you know, industrial um, or retail space, I like the multifamily. That's true. Oh, and something that you mentioned was um, down payment of 20, 30%. So it's always a lot more down payment than it is for residential. You got to have your cash saved up, and you definitely want to make sure that you do that. Mm-hmm. We've got some tips I want to go into maybe why I think it's important probably to invest in a multifamily. Um, now, there are some other kind of opportunities where they do something called REITs, and that's where there's a big company in the stock market that will actually invest in multiple properties across the country. Mm-hmm. And kind of it's like a 401k, but it's it's kind of like a stock. And um, so you can do things like that without actually having to buy into them. Again, you got to know what you're getting and what you're going to purchase on that. Mm -hmm. Um, So some of the 18 ways that you can uh, invest in some of the different family properties, multifamily, but we won't get into all those. But um, you could purchase them as some trust. You can use it depends on how much money you've got in your reserve account. You can purchase real estate Mm 
in your 401ks. Oh, okay. Yeah, depending on the amount. It's kind of technical. You get like a loan from your 401k? No, you actually purchase and take title in, in that name, but you just oh. personally can't control any of the money. Ah. The key on that is you can't you can't touch it. Mm, gotcha. Oh, a HELOC. That was another one. Oh, yeah. Can... So if you've got equity in your pr- primary residence okay. or investment property, you can do that. Okay. Um, believe it or not, you can take a loan from a whole life insurance policy. Hmm. Interesting. Um, what else would we say would be good, April? I think overall, you know, when you get into multifamily, just do your homework. Um, I know a guy that we, we kind of watch a lot, and he said he may look at 100 different properties before ever oh. making an offer on Oh, wow. Them. And I think it's so important to make do your inspection yourself. Don't, yes. don't send somebody else to do the work. Ride by the neighborhood, get the feel, see how it's maintained. D- does the property, is it full of, um, you know, certain certain – how would I say that? I mean, is, is a property um, have certain income restrictions? Is there certain things that the, that the property may or may not have certain restrictions on selling when you go to get loan for the financing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are things that you, you must you must you must know. Um, and I have a um, scenario actually about investing. Got to make it quick. We're coming up on a oh, okay. hard close. Go ahead. Okay. So um, so let's just say Doug he purchased a forty unit apartment for five million, and then he increased it to 700,000 from 500,000 in rental and then he sold it for 16 million. That's investing in it. That's multifamily. We wouldn't go we'll probably have another show on this topic. Thank you guys for staying real estate with Ryan every Saturday 5 o'clock here on News Talk 987. Catch us next week 693 sold or ryancoleman.org. Thank you. Have a great weekend. It's good to be alive right about now. Thank you for tuning in. You can reach out to Ryan on Facebook and Twitter or his website at ryancoleman.org. Call Ryan anytime at 693-7653 and make sure to join us every Saturday at 5, only on News Talk 987 WOKI.